0: Popa MX network production. Welcome to the fly racing Steve Mathis show presented by Maxis tires and renthal on racerXonline.com.com With your continued support of our sponsors we have surpassed 1500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your modal lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. original moto podcast featuring legends of the past stars of today season previews and race reviews introspection opinion facts and laughs here's your host steve mathis
1: welcome everybody to the fly racing racer x podcast i'm steve mathis uh thanks again for listening everybody going to try to keep you guys entertained and keep you Keep pumping up the content while we all wait to get back to racing and uh, i know it's been weird and it is weird and it'll continue to be weird until we're back racing but i hope it'll come soon I, I believe it will anyways uh fly racing flyracing.com please check them out on the web uh get geared up for uh for your ride and uh certainly go out there and hit the trails and tracks while you can flyracing.com blake baggett zach osborne just some of the guys wearing fly from the boots and the fr5 boots to the evo gear to the formula helmet fly racing's got you covered man they got everything you need and a uh, great mountain bike line of stuff as well um so please check them out on the web and uh thanks to Fly Racing. Also, thank you, Renthal. Renthal.com. Grab life by the bars. You know the company. You know the name. uh, 7-8's Bar, the Fat Bar, the Twin Wall Bar that debuted like in 98, 97, 98. Blew everybody's wigs back. Well, they've done it again with the Fat Bar 36 uh, used by Kenny Roxon out there and uh, many others. So thank you, Renthal, Renthal.com. Maxis Tires, great mountain bike tires, MXST dirt bike tires that A-Ray uses. Thanks to Maxxis.com for uh, coming on this podcast. And uh, please check them out. Light truck tires, mountain bike tires, and uh, UTV tires, they've got they have got a handle when it comes to tires, the folks at Maxxis over there in Georgia. And uh, thanks for people for listening. Appreciate it. Really uh, enjoy doing these podcasts. This is with Tony LaRusso, just a New England legend. Happy to talk with him and about his career. And I haven't seen Tony for a few years, but always super friendly guy and uh, looking forward to catching up with him. So, here we go. Here's Tony LaRusso on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. As promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Maxis and the folks at Renthal, NesC legend, the man once got third in a moto back in the day at the WIC. It's Tony Larusso. What's up, Tony? How are you, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Long time no talk. I haven't seen you for a while.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a while.
1: Been uh, a while for sure. So what's what's been going on with you? What's happening?
0: Ah, uh, not too much. Um, basically, I you know pretty much after you know my my racing career i guess you'd call it mm-hmm. uh, ended up uh getting a practice track in connecticut yep. and i was running that for a while and racing N E S C at the same time that was kind of after i was doing the national thing and supercross stuff i kind of right. mellowed out on that went back uh to new england raced more local stuff and um and then was running that track in connecticut that ended up closing down in 2017 but i ended up buying another track mm-hmm um in 2015 i believe it was in new hampshire called nhmx New okay. hampshire motocross yeah uh did that and then uh, when connecticut closed down i ended up leasing another track at the other side of new hampshire by the new england dragway that they had a motocross track on their property um, and uh, it was a good location it's about an hour and a half from my place in new hampshire so it's the other side of the state but it's uh it's a good location as far mm-hmm. as uh it's north of boston it's right on the east coast there so a lot of riders around there and uh they you know the dragway just uh they realize it's a lot of work to run a track and they have their hands full of running the dragway and yeah their motocross really wasn't their forte so i i came in and, and leased that and i had the equipment from connecticut that i brought over there so been doing that for the last couple of years as well oh, so i been cool. busy with just Yeah, running tracks yeah so
1: what what have you learned about promoting and running tracks that maybe surprised you from you know when you were racing and you were focused on that and everything else like what has been what has been an eye-opener for you
0: oh it's just i mean you just look at things completely different i mean when (laughs) i was you know when i was racing it was you know it was just you know Focusing on just your race, and you, you really didn't know what went on behind the scenes, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and what it took to put a race on, and, and, and it's tough like this to do an NESC race. It's like you're trying to scramble around because we have NESC races at my track, and um, you know, you're scrambling around trying to pull together like 20 people for the weekend to, you know, to work, or, you know, or more, you know what I mean? So it's, uh it's, just trying to, it's tough trying to line up all the help and then all the expenses that go into it when you start figuring you know the trophies, the insurance, and, yep. and just trying to get everybody to, to work together and, and, and make the day run as smooth as possible. You know? so yeah. it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a project, you know what I mean? And right. you don't realize that when you're at the race's end of it, you're just like, "Oh, why don't they do this different? Why don't they <laughs> do that different?" You know or Yeah, yeah you know, whatever, but uh, you know, they should, they should so. pay
1: the pros out more.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, do you
1: still do you still ride a lot? How much do you get on a bike?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still ride quite a bit. I mean, um, you know, being that I have tracks, you would think I'd ride more, but yeah. it's not so much the case. But uh, we're open, you know, up in New Hampshire. We're open on weekends mainly. We do open maybe a day during the week. Yeah. Um. But uh, sorry about that. I'm actually outside. No worries. But, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I try to get out weekends if my buddies come up. I ride with some friends, and, you know, I'm not pounding out motos, really. You know, when I'm up there, it's just kind of like riding with my buddies and and stuff like that, and and, uh, it's more of a fun thing now, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. uh, But uh, I am in Florida. You know, I spent the last couple winters in Florida for a few months out of the winter. Just uh, My girlfriend ended up buying a a condo down near the Cocoa Beach area, and Mm. I've, uh, for the last two years I've come down here for like three or four months. So I've actually do more riding down here than I do back home Right. Uh, oh, just okay. because, uh, got a little bit of time and, and I actually help a guy out. Uh, this guy, Bernie, who has Foster Creek motocross park. He's up by, uh, just South of Jacksonville. Um, I kind of help him run his track on weekends. I'll do the grooming and stuff like that while I'm down here. Um, So I kind of buzz back, you know, buzz over to my girl's place for the week and ride a couple of places while I'm here and then buzz up to there and help him out. So somehow I kind of ended up with that that gig too. Yeah,
1: really? uh, Um, Yeah,
0: I just, so, That's
1: yeah. good. It's it's interesting to to hear. And by the way, Florida and uh, New England motocross racers just go hand in hand. Good God, all you guys, all of you guys, just go down to Florida all the winter for so many years, yeah. right? Um,
0: oh yeah. It's hey, cool. so
1: one of the things that yeah. one of the things I, I talked to Wygan about, and and he's more plugged in with the amateur stuff than I ever am or anything, but mm-hmm. um, like it seems like local racing is dying from when you and I grew up and we did it, you know and And, you know, now there's five amateur races and everybody stays at home and gets ready for those. And you don't want to come out and race and show your skills, quote unquote, before you need to or whatever. Like, do you find the same way? Do you find it going the same way that local racing people are scared
0: of that now? They don't want to do it? Um, Yeah. And I'm not sure what it is as far as, uh, you know, I just know that you know back in the 90s or even even 2000 whatever mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a lot more people like following the NESC series right. as far as right. you know they they would race religiously every week they were in the points and and things like that and and it was uh you know i remember back in the, the 90s i raced as much as i could you know i'd race a supercross like in michigan and i think i've driven back to southwick to race the next day right you know 10 hours through the night and we would race so much you know um but yeah, I mean, even like at the NESC level, there's, there's not that many guys chasing the points. They'll hit whatever races they feel they want to or whatever tracks they like, and it's definitely kind of, you know, the yeah. championships there it's diluted. And, and I don't know if it's, you know, they say the four strokes a little more expensive or, or things like that, or just things are more expensive. But also, I you're not, you know, I remember back back when we were doing it full time, it was uh, there was a lot of contingency up. You know, yeah, for yeah for sure. You know yep, where yep. where that's dropped off, and and the tracks can only afford to pay so much. I mean, it, the thing is, you're getting less rider turnout, so there's less to give back. Yep. You know, and it's it's getting more expensive. so it's it's kind of a snowball effect. The dealers aren't getting what they used to get, and right. then it trickles down to you know contingency, and then it trickles down to you know the tracks not getting the rider turnouts and. It just, right. it going in a, a bad direction. Hopefully, hopefully you know the, the economy was uh, was picking up, and you know it's it's been picking up and stuff like that. Other than the virus deal, but uh, hopefully things start to get solid again. I mean, I think the four strokes are pretty good. They're, yeah. I mean, I think they're really like reliable. They're almost cheaper to maintain. I don't want to say cheaper than a two stroke, but I mean, they, you know, you don't have to do top ends as frequent, and, and as long as you stay on top of your maintenance, they mm-hmm. they seem. I don't want to say bulletproof, but they're yeah. pretty solid. I, you know what I mean? I, I've, uh, what they used to be.
1: I've long been beating that drum. Unless you're like a top guy that modifies the shit out of their 250F, four strokes mm-hmm. are great. Change the filter, change the oil, you can run them. Yep. i got buddies with 100-plus hours on YZ450Fs. They're, they're, yep. they're not these time bombs that everybody makes them out to be. When you start adding compression... Now you got yeah. a problem, but who really needs that outside of, you know, you at your peak or one of your top elite sure. guys? Like, you, you know, other than that, they're, they're great, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you know who is doing well? It's the riding facilities. These riding facilities are pr- printing money from what I gather. Um, everyone's just holed up there doing fast laps mm-hmm. and racing the stopwatch, so Nobody's actually racing each other anymore.
0: So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty crazy as far as I mean, I just remember uh back in our days we were you know, we're qualifying through heat races and all that stuff. Now it's just putting down the fast lap. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, qualifying that way. So things have have things definitely have changed, changed sure. a little bit there.
1: Do you do you still yeah. go to Southwick every year? Do you do you follow the pro stuff? Do you watch it on T V?
0: Oh, Are yeah. you into it? Oh yeah. I yeah, wait yeah. for it every week to watch it and uh yeah, so it's uh yeah, I watch it religiously and and um definitely fully into the sport still and and i still ride and i, I raced daytona what was it a couple of weeks ago the amateur the ricky Carmichael. oh you did uh, oh cool yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i oh, ended up racing that i ended up uh winning the 40 and the 45 i ended up beating gruey in that one. Too, oh, so. nice nice he was pretty he was pretty strong he went good good competitor good yeah
1: guy. no gruey's gruey's <laughs> just solid man he's just gonna put in yeah. those
0: laps um yeah
1: do do you uh Obviously, Southwick coming back on the schedule, that's awesome. KJ is uh, working it well. Nice to have it back in the original direction, too, don't you feel? Like, I always always felt like the other direction never worked that well.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely think, especially the start. I mean, you know, the start seems to work really well going this direction. It it seems a little more fair. You can actually start from inside or outside and and pull a good start. Yeah. Um, You know, so – um, yeah, and the track flows pretty pretty well this way, and uh, yeah, it just you know brings back memories of you oh. know how it was. How know? many
1: people so. want to talk to you about your 1996 moto all the time? How much how much does <laughs> that shit come up with you all the time? <laughs>
0: Uh, it comes up a little bit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah my friends are like dude that was awesome you know <laughs> some people you know it's it, you know it's one of those things. and then some people that i it's funny because i'm down here riding and stuff at some of these tracks and they're like man i've heard that name and and then they'll be like oh man i remember you you know so it, yeah. it's funny how it kind of pops up and and uh yeah it was a good moto we you know a couple things went fell my fell my way and uh and i uh, got a good start and and um, it all, uh, it worked out pretty good. And honestly, I, you know, the way I felt riding that race, yeah. it, it wasn't even the best I felt, you know, it was right, like, man, right. I, you know, like I've had some local races where I feel like I've really, you know, ripped. And then that one was just, it was a good race for me, but I, I didn't feel like I was, uh, you know, it, you know yeah. how some of those days you just, everything's going your, your way yeah. and it feels like you're not going fast, but you're, you're pulling right, away and, right. It, it wasn't quite that way for me but uh but it was I, still a, a great race great finish great race, yeah I was just was telling some there. people
1: I was just telling someone about that like in my small small riding career let's call it laughing uh Canadian Pro I won yeah. one pro moto like at a at a local level at a state level, and I yeah. won one moto and i and I still to this day it felt like I was going super slow do you know what yeah. I mean like like I totally yeah. felt like I'm like I don't know how I'm winning this moto. I'm going so slow, but I, I was pulling yeah. away from guys. It's just weird. But um, I know. So for I was there that day. Uh, I was a mechanic for the PJ One team, and yeah, okay. I believe did you run second for most of the moto, if I remember correctly? Yeah,
0: yeah I mean, I was I let it for a, I let it for a little while, yeah. probably four laps, five laps, whatever it was, and then uh, Lampson ended up getting me, and then Ezra Lusk ended up getting yeah. Me, Yogi believe, got you, you know, Yogi. At the end, I yeah. think Yogi
1: came from a first turn fall. He wrote amazing. Oh, wow. I think if I remember right, yep. but uh, yeah. So I thought you ran second forever, and then late, late got got third. But um, yeah, great moto. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, That had to be. Yeah, cool. no, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Just, to, I mean, it. I mean, the whole thing is just so much. The whole shots, you know. what I mean, yeah, if you yeah. can just get up there at the beginning, it's you know, it's, it's it. It makes so much easier. But yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I've had some some decent rides at Southwick, and uh, yeah. You know, so. Uh, but, um, what yeah. what happened to second
1: moto? I don't remember.
0: Second moto, I went down in the first corner, I, oh, I shit. believe. Okay. And I ended yeah, up yeah. 14th, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I went down the first turn. And, uh, um, yep, so.
1: Uh, yeah. Obviously, you rode Suzuki's for a long time. Now, growing up in New England, like, how'd you get involved in racing? How'd you get started riding? Like, so your first result in the vault is 95, so I'm guessing yeah. the mid-80s or something, You started. you started riding.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, probably yeah. Or I started riding probably when I was five, which
2: mm-hmm. is
0: in the late '70s, and then and then um, and then started racing when I was ten. I think it was 1982. Okay. Started racing. Actually, 1980, I started racing some short track and TT, some oval stuff. Oh, really? Oh, and, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, in New Hampshire, Loudoun. and then uh, we, the motocross went on like across the way, and we're like, man, I got to try that out because that's kind of what I was into the more mm-hmm. motocross stuff so uh, when I you know I think when I was uh, 10 like 1982 I started racing motocross and then uh, and then I believe nineteen uh, 1990 I turned expert and I think that's when I raced my first um, Southwest National I just turned expert when I was 18 and and, uh, and, and I 90. I did okay yeah, 90. yeah 1990 yeah. yeah I think I went like I think Somehow I got a good start and and I don't know I, I think I ended up like tenth in one moto like a 1022 maybe or something oh, okay. like that it was oh, yeah. something like that and I think I got like national on am a 95 or something the next year but I don't know if it was it was a good start I think who raced back then Guy Cooper and um, well, we know, some to, we, of those got we got to fix the yeah. racer
1: X vault then because it doesn't have you in it I got to go back and oh really now I got to put a note it, okay.
0: I'm pretty sure 1990 was my was my first but, uh, uh, first time running, and then then it was just minimal stuff, mainly New England stuff, and then probably 94, 95, or something. I started getting more more into it. So into were the you national stuff.
1: speaking of a guy, you know, putting it to the national guys? Were you were you at the Wick, when Barton ran second forever, or was he winning?
0: Uh, Barton was actually, that was, that was a little before I turned expert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was only 16 then, I believe. So, yeah, he, uh, I watched that moto. I was like, man, he's going to win this thing. (laughs) And then, uh, then he ended up having that little get off. I was like, oh man, I think he had done the lead and actually had a cushion, you know, 20 minutes. Oh, I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think he actually, from what I remember, I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of going by memory. It was a long time ago, but. I think he actually – I think it was Eric Kehoe and George Holland were the guys back then. Yeah. Um, like the Suzuki guys. And I think he was actually leading it maybe up until like 20 minutes, and then I think he went down or something. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty wild. Right. Yeah. Just
1: this, That's always was cool to see the local guys come in. Not when you were like a factory mechanic like I was. Like That wasn't cool because yeah. you, you guys would, right. beat, would beat us. But um, yeah. But it was always cool to see the fans. And, you know, like I miss those days where the fans were right behind the starting line. You know, and they were just yelling and screaming and bagging on Ricky and bagging on Jeremy and cheering on John and and Henry and just, you know. Sure,
0: sure. It was was wild, man, because like we said back then, NESC was a really strong strong organization. I think, like, man, I have to say, like, the top ten experts in NESC or even more, like probably seven of them had national numbers. You know what I mean? It was like me, Treadwell, Barton, Dowd. You know, like there was a whole... And then you, you know, guys like, would
1: race each other on yeah. the weekends, on the off weekends, yeah. right? Like, just oh, insane. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: that was it was a
1: special time. time, wasn't it? It was a special time in moto for around Yeah.
0: That. Yeah. Yeah, I had so many good races with, with Dowd, Henry, Barton. I mean, all yeah. of them guys, we, we did a lot of battling, and it, we've had such good racing together. It's, it's been so, uh, Awesome. You're, you're a
1: little bit behind Barton and Dowdy. Are you like mm-hmm. Keith, or is Keith a little older? Like, where do you fit in with these guys? Barton's a little older.
0: Yeah, yeah. Barton's like I think like seven years older than me. Okay. And I think he's the same age as Dowd I'm, I'm, uh, they're right around that. I'm okay. like I'm 47, and they're probably like 53 or four.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you're you were um, you're the pup coming up to those guys a little bit.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Keith, I believe he's a year or two older than me i don't know if he's 49 or 50 okay. i'm not too yeah, sure yeah, i think yeah. he's probably he probably in his 49 or something like that but, so did you race um, did you
1: race keith a lot growing up or was he a little ahead of you
0: um he was a little a little bit ahead of me because okay. um he started on big bikes when he was uh, you know i kind of rode my 80 career out like right till i was like 16 because oh. i was always really small yep, yep. and uh Keith was he was on big bikes probably when he was 14 or something so we didn't cross paths too much until a little later on and then uh, when I was doing the NEC he was kind of in the national mhm and then, and then obviously, once I started doing nationals, then we we started racing winter to series together, um, you know, racing some local stuff together and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So did we, you we eventually? Connected.
1: Did you grow up as friends with any of these guys, like Dowdy or Henry or KJ? Like, were you friends off the track with any of these dudes, or were you just kind of where I don't know where you're from exactly, or how it worked out? Like,
0: yeah, I mean, it was. um you know obviously we're pretty good friends we traveled together and stuff. like treadwell and i we you know we would travel to some of the races together and then um you know Dowd, i'd you know he wasn't too far from me uh, especially when i moved to connecticut so we'd go practicing together henry we'd cross paths and, and do some riding together right usually henry maybe he hooked up with Dowd, and then i'd end up going riding with those guys or so yeah we all kind of yeah, yeah. you know did some riding here and there together um didn't hang out every week together, but yeah. definitely crossed paths and did some riding together and, and then race it on weekends.
1: Was, yeah. was Dowd's success maybe the most, is it one of the more, more amazing stories in moto? I mean, he didn't start racing till he was 16 or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just an amazing story, huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's pretty wild. It's, um, you know, because he started, you know, a little bit later than everybody else and, and stuff like that. But, and, um, it was just amazing, like, you know, how he kind of, you know, when he got into the national, he, he he was really a strong rider, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, never yeah. never faded, was very strong right to the last lap. And, right. And um, really just, um, you know, he elevated his game, it seemed like. You yeah. know, it's like a, there's been some local races where me and him would battle, and, and there's times where I beat him straight up or whatever it was. Yeah, yep. And I'm like, man, but every time I did that – it was it felt like i it felt like i worked you know what i mean like he gave no inch right, and it was right. like holy crap i beat him but i got my tongue hanging out i'm like yeah. man he didn't let me go until the last freaking corner you know right, right. so whenever i whenever i got him it was it was well fought you know what i mean I was yeah. like oh man but uh but no definitely tough competitor and it's amazing like what he did when he when he did go to the nationals you're like wow look at him man you know like cause, you know it's
1: funny? You know? It was funny because yeah. Wygant worked and I know Dowdy a, a little bit. He's a great guy and, D- yep. and Wygant yeah. worked with him. Wygant worked with him. He was a arena Cross like color guy, right, for one year on TV. And okay. like Wygant's mm-hmm. like, dude, I would try to grill Junkyard on his career. Mm-hmm. And Junkyard's just like, Yeah, hey, I don't know, man. I just I didn't have a trainer. I don't know. I just went for bicycle rides. I just rode a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Like there was yep. like like John had <laughs> John had no idea other than right. just working his balls off, how he was successful, yeah, yeah. you know, like he didn't, he didn't, yeah. he didn't, he didn't know about his technique, he didn't know about a yeah. training schedule, he just, he just figured it all out somehow.
0: I know, it, that's what's crazy because, you, you know, I, it's funny because I would look at him and be like, man, he's, you know, he's not doing anything flashy, right? right? Uh, he's just uh, kind of a down to business kind of guy on the track, and, and then you're watching these other guys that, that you're like, man, this. How is this guy, you know, like Wyndham or something, yeah, like super smooth and, right. and, like, real technical, and you're like, and then Dowdy ends up beating him, and you're just like, wow, I wouldn't have thought that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's he's strong, and he just elevated his game when he needs to, and yeah, it's just, it's crazy, you know, and get it done kind of like a Jeff Stanton, I guess, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like just, just down to business, kind of, like, grind it out, you know? Right,
1: right, so... We're at your at your peak, so ninety six, you get third in a national moto. You're mm-hmm. sixth overall in ninety eight uh, in in supercross. Yep. You know some mm-hmm. good results. Are you always like making your money in New England? Are you always doing are you getting free bikes and parts from Suzuki? Are you do you have to stay in New England? Did you ever actually say, hey, I'm doing the full full deal? Uh, you know, I'm not even going to race locally at all. Or was it always a case of you had right. to do that to make money?
0: Yeah, it kind of seemed like I always had to try to hit race and to try to make it, make a little bit extra, make ends meet, you know. Because the Nationals, you know, just the level I was at, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, some weeks if I got a fifth in a Supercross, hey, everything was good, you made a couple thousand, whatever it was. Right. But then, you know, the next week if you, something went wrong and you didn't qualify or something happened and you're just like, well, there goes that, you know, like you're kind of like weighing out your, uh, your pay, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I always felt like I had to kind of go – to new England to like any weeks off I had to go there because it was um it was kind of consistent money you know bad day at new England I'm finishing third you know typically I could be winning it you know what I mean so it kind of made ends meet and stuff like that and and uh I don't know if the extra gate drops were good or or not I always thought extra racing was always always good as long as you didn't get burnt out from it well I think Um,
1: I think I talked to Keith for one of these I want to say Keith or Tread and mm-hmm. I, I want to say they told me they raced 48 weekends or something. I don't know who it was, but yeah. it was some freaking crazy amount in a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the NESC goes, you know, it was going for like 32 weeks, and then and then obviously you start throwing in, like, Floor you, winter you series head down here and, yeah. for the winter series. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'd yeah. do like a six-race winter series, and then, then we had some supercrosses going on. Well, we were based out of Florida. We'd buzz up to Indy. We'd go to yep. over Atlanta, or we'd go yeah, to Tampa yeah. or Orlando. So. So yeah, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't much time off, and we did we did definitely mm-hmm. uh, get our race time in. But, what do you um,
1: remember about that season? You got sixth overall in in one twenty five Supercross ninety eight. What do you remember about that?
0: Um, it was it was pretty good. I think um, you know, so I I, I believe I started racing the series for F and S Suzuki out of Ohio. Yeah. And then we had some issues there. And then Primal Impulse, the Suzuki team, kind of picked me up as like an addition. Oh,
1: okay. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Yeah. so Rainer was on there. I think Mm -hmm. Huffman, um, uh, Ryan Huffman was on there, Jerry Dostal, Bogart, Charlie Bogart. So all those guys. So I... um, yeah, I went on there, and I was just kind of an addition. So I got to use some of their stuff as far as like Raynard, uh, his old man was doing our motors. Yeah. Um, I know there was a couple guys, so that was kind of a two-tier team. I think uh, Raynard and Huffman were the factory Suzuki stuff, where they got the factory Suzuki, you know, suspension and hubs and you know all that kind of trick stuff. And then yeah. there was kind of the second tier of us, where we kind of got you know Raynard Motors, and and we had some access to some stuff that they had, and um and things like that but uh it was it was a pretty good season and uh i was just kind of bummed because like i felt like that that could have been a year where i kind of was getting my foot in the door and i felt like maybe that could have been a year that outdoors could have went well because mm-hmm. the, the last year outdoors i was number 37 and, and i had yeah. a pretty good outdoor year and i was 31 that year in 98 so it's like oh, am moving forward right making some headway and then that first round um first round at glen helen i think um what happened was, uh, out in the heat race, somebody crashed, I clipped them, and didn't realize it, so I didn't end up qualifying through the heat, so I went on to the the last chance, because I clipped somebody and went down, yep. and uh, going into the last chance, right when I was on the line, uh, my radiator started pissing out antifreeze. It obviously broke my radiator when yeah, I hit, yeah. Yeah. when I caught the downrider, so then I didn't make it into that one, uh, because the bike seized uh, in the last chance qualifier, um, and then uh, going into Hangtown. We are practicing at, at Glen Helen, and um, it was just an open practice. We are doing some suspension testing, and then ended up coming off a jump, and just being an open practice, you have so many uh, yeah. rider levels there. Somebody was sitting on the landing of of one of these jumps where you tend to drift yeah, a little yeah. bit because they're yep. coming out of a corner. And right. I was in the air and a guy's just sitting there talking to his buddy and he's on like the corner of the track, like <laughs> the edge of the track, but still on. I'm yeah. like, oh shit. So I'm in the air trying to pull the bike back. And when I landed, I, I crushed my foot between the two bikes. I didn't crash, but I broke three bones in my foot. And it kind of put me out for the whole outdoor season. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh man, I was hoping to get some momentum there, but, uh, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, so it was, I mean, it started out to be a pretty, pretty good season um and then obviously the well, the outdoor stuff kind of got uh jacked up a little bit but, especially um, like
1: for you yeah. like you know most people think of you use a moto guy and sixth overall yeah. in the supercross series is, is pretty damn impressive you know like it's pretty good <laughs>
0: yeah so, yeah um, yeah you start i mean started getting into the flow of it i think you know bike setup seemed to be really uh at least with my supercross stuff it seemed like my bike setup was pretty important, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, suspension-wise and, and trying to get that right. It felt like if I got that right, um, I felt comfortable. But otherwise, right. you know, if your stuff was a little too soft and it would G out and give you a kick, or you just it was hard to build confidence that way, you know what I mean? Or, and if it's too stiff and it's, it's dancing through the whoops, doesn't want to track, then right. it's hard to build confidence through the whoops. So it it was... Kind of, and I don't know if it's because I was smaller. I probably only weighed 130 something pounds, so like, yeah, I probably wasn't manhandling it as well as maybe some of the bigger guys would have. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the,
1: the primal th- the primal team. Did you meet that Kurt Clovis guy? Did you ever meet him?
0: Um i don't know if i met him yeah or not. just just yeah. uh
1: one of those guys that had a team for a few years and i heard some eccentric yeah. things about him you know but never yeah but yeah i just kind of came and went but the bikes looked good always you know pingree loved his yeah. bike and R- robbie rode really well for them so oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh kind of yeah. funny that way and didn't you at some point and again maybe i'm wrong should have done my research didn't you break your leg really badly at some point, um, an ankle? No. leg, anything? Okay. No, maybe. I mean
0: just just my foot. I mean, I've broken an ankle and a leg before, but but uh, okay. nothing. All right. Probably not during those years. Okay. Yeah. I thought
1: I thought I remember something about that where it knocked you out for a while. Um, yeah. So at your peak, NESC, you know Tony Larusso, are you how many bikes are you getting from Suzuki? Are you getting double contingency? Are you getting gear money? That kind of stuff, like. Are you um, are you doing a good job of pulling it in? Because, like, again, it was such a strong series. It really, from talking to yeah. guys over the years, I mean, people made some serious money racing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. It wasn't anything too crazy. I mean, I dealt with local dealerships, mm-hmm. and, and back then um, it was Courts, and Dave Betancourt, uh was, was great with supporting a lot of us. And, and um, I mean, at, at that point, I think I was getting, you know, like, I don't know if it was four or five bikes or whatever it was, yeah. um, to get me, you know, through the season. And, and um, you know, I had some parts and things like that. So it was just really low expense for me to race. Everything was pretty local. And yeah. and then, um, you know, the contingency, and then I was supposed to, you know, get paid from the dealership, like, you know, bonuses for championships and stuff like that. And we did that for a little bit, but then I – I started winning too much you know too many of <laughs> them, I and he 's like i can 't i can 't do both i 'm like, yeah. oh that 's fine, man, the bikes are fine you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I went on like kind of a stri- and that was probably when I stopped doing national so like two thousand and one, I think it yeah. was when I got that Connecticut two thousand and one to two thousand five i believe yeah, i won yeah. like all all the championships a lot of championships and like 20 of those expert ones like four a year yeah yeah yeah. Um, so you know it was like a little stretch there
1: and yeah. uh and that was at some point what kj and treadwell were doing the loretta's thing dowdy and henry yeah. were, were doing the pro thing so you just you just whooped up on everybody larusso
2: you, you had yeah.
0: A, <laughs> yeah i felt pretty good everything yeah. was going good and then um you know, K, uh, KJ, he would uh, he'd come back once in a while. He'd do some local racing, yeah, too, yeah. and then there was some years where he did some local stuff, and I was doing nationals. I think probably in, right. in the you know maybe yeah, late yeah. 90s, he was doing some of the local stuff, winning a couple, you know, winning some championships then, and then I was doing national. And We kind of crisscross back and forth, some of us, you know what I mean? And I'm and guessing, um,
1: and I'm guessing Robbie Marshall kind of was after you a little bit. Like you probably raced him a little <laughs> bit, but he became the new guy, right? Kind of after you are my getting yeah it?
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah there was a few there was a few younger guys that were going pretty good uh Robbie Marshall one of them Jimmy Dakota's you know D, so I yeah. raced with those guys so it's you know and then uh Jake Morrison he was also pretty good and then, and then at some um, point you
1: know, your hey your Pat Barton and Jimmy D is Tony LaRusso like it just it's the yeah, same yeah. it's the same thing right,
0: right? <laughs> yeah it's crazy and it's like it's nuts because like, you know, once in a while, like I'll still race, uh, you know, yeah. if any of C comes to my place, I'll still go out and race the pro class or whatever. And it's right. like, it's just funny that I'm racing against like, well, I'm racing against some of the older guys that, that'll still do it. Like, you know, Dowdy and, and Fred yeah. or whatever, but then I'm still, then I'm racing against their kids. Like, like, man, this is weird. You know, some kids, go ahead. Oh, I'm saying some of these kids I did lessons with when they were on like a 50 or a 60. Now I'm racing with them. It just seems so odd. It's like, Oh uh, man.
1: Ryan's, uh, Ryan's 11th in Canada, Canadian pro moto when John's like 16th last year or whatever. You're, you're just like, what yeah. the hell is going on here? Right? Right. Uh, I know. Uh, fly That's racing, fly racing.com racer X podcast with Tony LaRusso. Please check out the latest and greatest from the folks at fly. And, uh, they got the new 2020 and a half kinetic mesh out as well. Uh, thanks to Max's tires, uh, AJ, canzaro alex ray using the mxsts out there also thanks to Renthal, the fat bar 36 is available roxon was winning supercrosses with the fat bar 36 and i imagine whenever the hell we get back racing he'll be continuing to run that bar Renthal.com. Mm-hmm. and race tech is all well racetech.com pulp 20 is the code to save with race tech big parts of the uh chaparral honda team there folks at race tech so tony larusso on the show um yeah, Tony, it's it's amazing the career you've had and the races you've had and the guys you've raced against, for sure. When you brought up yep. Betancourt, I started thinking about JoJo, of course. What's, oh, yeah. What's your JoJo story? Everyone's got oh, one. Oh, man. What's, what's yeah. your JoJo story?
0: Uh, you know, it was a little before my oh, yes. time. Yep, but yep. Um, I know. But, but definitely, I mean, the guy has a lot of talent and um, – it was. I mean, just when I was a kid, it was amazing to watch. You know, like yeah, yeah. how he could ride a 125 at the size he was. You know, um, which you know, and I, I, just think like, as far as him, like the rougher and gnarlier the track was, the better he was. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, like Unadilla was his place, man. Right, it was right. Rocky, bony shale, and you're just like, man, he's gonna do good today, cause like, <laughs> that guy. I don't, I don't know if it was talent. You know, the yeah. amount of talent he had or um you know the size of you know how he was or just his bike control or whatever it was man he was just uh, i heard
1: stories about him being able to wheelie for five miles i heard stories about him being able to ride on a railroad track without falling off i heard so many jojo urban urban legend stories it's amazing it's (laughs) just
0: it's amazing yeah the guy definitely is talented i mean he's and, you know, I, mean, I think I've seen a picture of him, like, wheeling on a bicycle, carrying Jimmy D in his arm or something, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, like, man, it's probably, like right? <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and he always had that Betancourt's jersey on, even when he was, like, racing the Nationals and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. He always had Betancourt's. Yeah, that purple jersey. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right,
0: For sure.
1: Um but no, no that
0: guy was good.
1: Yeah, he was. And, you know, he uh, – yeah, you would have been really young, but he was crushing it in the mid-'80s, you know, uh, doing a great yeah. job. So, um, all right, so if we had – a mythical race at Southwick with everybody in their prime, Le Russo, Everybody. Ooh. JoJo, Dowdy, Henry, you, Barton, KJ. Yeah. Everybody. Tread. Yeah. What's your top three? Just all time.
0: My top three? Oh, and man. And you can put yourself
1: in there if you want. You can put yourself can in there. Yeah
0: yeah, 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 you can. All right. But we got first, we've got to say, is it 125 or 250? If it's 125, i got to put myself in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, let's do let's do both. Yeah, let's do both. Uh, what do we What do we think? One twenty five.
0: Shoot, I would have to say, I'd have to say I could be in the top three in a one twenty five. Okay, you know, yeah. It, hey. And I think I think Dowd and Henry are. I mean, it's hard to count them out. They're both one twenty five. Yeah, great. You know what I mean. So. Yeah. Um, I'd say that that's the mix. I'd say, you know, I'd like to think I could be in, in that company sure. with, the, with those guys in the 125 class. I was always a little smaller and lighter and things like that, a little more my specialty. Um, I would say it was 250. Man, I'd say Dowd, Henry, and maybe KJ.
1: KJ, yeah. You know? yeah.
0: yeah, maybe he could be in there out of those guys. Right. Um, you know, Um it's hard. It's so hard because we had different eras. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Barton was really strong in the the early '90s, late right. early '90s. Right. When I first turned expert, I I didn't have anything for him at first, and then I did. And but Dowd is always, especially Southwick. Dowd is just a specialist there. He's <laughs> and and amazing. It, it's right? hard. You know, it's it's really hard to, even in the 125s. I thought I could. You know, I beat him. It's you know sometimes. Yeah, you said but that. Yeah, he he beat, beat me more than I beat him, but. Uh, there's been some when I've had some really good races, I beat him and right. Henry. But
1: uh, like, are we, you know, like Dowd and Henry, full factory guys, and you can beat them once in a while?
0: Yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, yeah, it yeah. was uh, local stuff. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And but again, you know, the thing is, the local stuff also is um, the track does develop a lot different than it does nationalized oh, for roughness sure. yeah. lines. You know, so um, sometimes you race that local stuff so much that you get so dialed into how the track forms and what kind of lines form that yeah. you, you ride it really well. And uh-huh. then you get to the national and it throws you off a little bit. But, yeah. um, I've heard yeah, that, i, I heard I that. Guess, yeah. You know?
1: Um, okay. So. so what was your favorite track to race outside of the Southwick or like, what's another famous NESC track that you loved?
0: Oh, NESC stuff. Um, you know what it all depended on the day i i think i've had i've had really good days at a lot of places Central Village was a you know kind of mm-hmm. a smaller track in Connecticut and it was kind of jumpy and tight and um I've had some good runs there and had some fun there um other track <laughs> it all depends i mean certain days i mean even national stuff like Sometimes you have those days where the track is prepped good, it forms mm-hmm. awesome ruts, and it, uh, you know, the dirt consistency is good, like Red Butt always had good ruts, good material. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it's hard for me to pinpoint, you know. I think it's a lot of it's conditions in, in the day, you know, because there's a lot of good tracks out there, but sometimes you get those days where the conditions are just right, and right. and you're just feeling it, you know what I mean, like things are just... And, clicking, and you know, back then you're so.
1: bitching about the track, and now you're now you're like, listen, this is what happened. This is why the track isn't that good, and you and you know all <laughs> yeah. the reasons why, right? And you know all right, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. You're,
1: you're like, cut me, so, cut me slack. The water truck broke. Uh, this this thing broke. Uh, you know what I mean. Blah blah blah. Like you know. Oh it now, yeah. Right.
0: All list of them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah everything. So. Uh, yep. Yeah. Bart. Hey, didn't Bart have a sweet box fan? If I remember right. Oh, he
0: always he always Dude. had a lot of good stuff. That yeah. guy, man. He was like. He always put on a good show. All his bikes were always decked out, and, you know, it was like – it was crazy. And then his gear was always awesome. He had, like, probably – you know, 10 painted helmets he could choose from every year seemed like. It was like, everything was, uh, yeah, everything looked top Yeah, and, I remember you know. he had
1: JT gear and Suzuki's and a really, maybe a Suzuki box fan, like from the factory guys. He he might have yep. bought he yep. might have bought or borrowed or, I don't know, got given to him. Yeah, was,
0: yeah probably got given to him, though, yeah. and him, yeah. it was a
1: sweet <laughs> setup. It was a sweet setup. You're like, oh, look at that. Yep. So. Um, oh, yeah. What was your favorite Supercross you ever did? Was there one that stand,
0: stood out for you? um i mean uh i think i i think i might have got a fifth and 96 in indy yeah. that was uh you know that was that was pretty good i got a good start i think pishon was in there that one or i forget who was i think it was chief deegan some of those guys were in there yeah, yeah. Like that. but i think those are the guys but um yeah i had a good run there I had a pretty good run in charlotte um that was kind of a different one. Oh, charlotte was, on was muddy right yeah, yeah, it was yep. kind of muddy. I remember that. I was there. Yep. Yeah, jeez. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it, you know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It's tough. You know, I've had a lot of, a lot of fun times. You know what I mean with the the supercrosses. Nothing. I mean, I guess the ones with the better results stand out a little bit more than the others. Yeah. But Did you? Um. um did, yeah.
1: Where did you practice for soupy? How did you? Where did you? What tracks did yeah. you get on back then? <laughs>
0: see that was the tough part we didn't really have much to practice right. i would practice like in reddick you know like oh, yeah, near, you know yeah. the, basically <laughs> there was a little there uh, was a little supercross track on the infield of the motocross track which wasn't even really a, a no. full supercross track but it was a little something to test a little suspension stuff like that i did make it over to brian swinks a couple times because um, he had a kind of a supercross layout um yeah, uh, Not too far from there, you know what I mean? Yeah, do you so. remember?
1: I went to swings once. So you had to, like, dodge trees and stuff, like branches and stuff. <laughs> yeah. do <you> remember that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's just like the outdoor track. You're <laughs> jumping between bushes, know. you know, like between, you know, and trees he, and stuff. He yeah. was, and
1: he was like, yeah, you just yeah jump that thing hang left though because of that branch and duck down and then rail that turn and go around that rock you're like oh my god
0: yeah i remember that yeah yeah that's it that was one dude that was really he was talented for sure oh that i know guy, right he um, was good yeah
1: uh, yeah. Also, I just talked to Gene Numack the other day, and he gave me some great swing stories at NESC stuff, too. Also, it was great. Gene was... Oh,
0: I bet. Yeah, yeah he was pretty tight with swing. That's are yeah. tight. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that Reddick track in Florida, you remember Jason Frenette? Remember my buddy Frenette from Canada? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah. I stayed there with Frenette for like a month, and we just would, oh, no, com- we would commute back and forth from the Supercross track to the to the Supercrosses and back and forth. And, yeah, yeah. And like Indy and Atlanta, all the stuff that you talked about. And, uh, yep. God, Fernette just rode that track every single day. <laughs> he said that, yeah. that thing dialed. <laughs> so.
0: Right. That's what's so crazy now. It's like, you know, I mean, it's definitely the sports change, but, I mean, you've got all these training facilities and you've got a lot more access to Supercross tracks. And, you know, it's obviously elevated the Supercross, uh, you know, I think the, the level of the guys as well, uh, yeah. just because they have that stuff to practice and, and to yeah. uh to train on back then it was a little tougher, you know. Yeah, the '90s yeah. we didn't we didn't have quite the trainers and and like you said, you talked to Dowdy and there was a lot of stuff that was questioned, you know, like questionable, like what was good training back then yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? You just didn't you yeah. didn't have all the, the stuff figured out like like they do now. You know Dowdy just
1: shrugging his shoulders and telling why Wiegand, "I don't know why I was fast. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea." Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. You
1: know, I, I I can't help but think like. The number of you guys, and look, you're all good in the sand because of Southwick yep. and, and growing up in pits. And we, one time we, I went with Dowdy to this place behind a grocery store, like a sand pit behind mm-hmm. a grocery store or something. Yeah. So so you guys all rode that, but there, you were yep. also very fast outside of the sand. And I can't yep. help but think it was because... Of you guys racing each other every single friggin' weekend, you know what I mean? Like,
0: oh, for sure. We had there was so much competition. There was, you yeah. know, there could have been eight of us that could have won a moto. You know what I right, mean? Right, so right. It was just that was the thing too. And and what helped me, I mean, I don't know about some others, but I, you know, I think it was 94, 95, I Started coming to Florida and, and racing the Winter Series, and and then I started getting introduced to like hard pack, you know, like right. clay and. You know, riding hard rock, you can't get any more hard packs than no, that in Ocala. No. And uh, so then I started to, to pick up the hard pack stuff, you know, because I always, even though we had a little bit harder stuff in New England, everything kind of bermed up and you'd use berms to to pivot off of. Yeah. We didn't have too much for to ruts like we have, you know, doing nationals yeah. and, and um, the red clay stuff that sometimes you come across down here. So that helped me out a lot with starting yeah. to do those, uh, those winter series and, and you know, and, and, just seeing,
1: And you look a little bit too. Like so, nowadays NEC is not quite as strong. Obviously, Robbie's Mm -hmm. Robbie was pretty good, and Jimmy D's hanging in there and everything. And you know, there is some good guys, but it's not like it used to be. And it's probably because they're not racing each other every single weekend like you guys did. You know, it's just there we go. Like when I look at the strength of a of a state or a region, that's what I look at. To me, that's why you guys were so good. I think I don't know
0: yeah the I mean it elevates your level when you're pushing each other every yeah. week. you know what I mean it gives yeah. you that drive to to go out during the week and work yeah. harder and you know try to do better the next week if you didn't you know and you know so yeah. it's uh I definitely think that that's a big thing. I mean we've got some decent riders uh in new England now, but they're they're kind of spread out, you know what I mean they're not racing each other every week they they may come together you know once or, once a month or something. they may all race together, but it's just kind of spread out where you know, I do think if it was weekly, that it would elevate the guys that maybe you know a second or third. It might try to elevate them to start giving the leader a run or whatever it might be. You know.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, You mentioned uh, being a smaller guy, and you are a smaller guy, and 125s fit you better. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. did you have much success on 250s? I mean, locally, you said you won titles and all that, but did you did did you do find it, or did you do did you find yeah. it a uh, a tougher bike to handle?
0: yeah yeah for sure. I mean, the thing is, I always just felt like my two hundred fifty two strokes, no matter which one I rode uh-huh. I never handled like a one twenty five you yeah, know what i mean and, right. and that's just probably the characteristic of a of the bike. you know what I mean yeah, It feels yeah. like the front ends are kind of light and floaty you know it was hard to get them to feel plush the the front ends and then then the back ends you know with the power they just didn't want to hook up as much so they would dance around some more so yep. yeah i always felt like you know um i did well locally on them i didn't really i didn't really go to the nationals with them i always felt best on my 125 so that's what i stuck with but um you know i mean i there was times i could win local stuff fairly you know fairly easy on it and then then you get dowdy to come there at southwick and you're like oh shit like <laughs> i didn't have nothing for him on the 250 i was yeah, like yeah. oh man you know yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. think you're getting things rolling and then he comes in and it's like oh man i knew i wasn't that good on this thing <laughs> but, uh, hey, but uh, you,
1: did you even survive that the that terrible kx rmz 250 Thing oh that yeah with, uh, yeah that
0: thing uh yeah that thing had broken down a couple times that <laughs> that wasn't the most reliable uh no. introduction to the four stroke that's for sure no but uh yeah yeah we, we survived that and i know that time i was debating if i should have stayed on a 125 another year or two you, you know you uh, got, <laughs> to move yeah.
1: you got one year on a honda in the in the results uh Oh, actually, got oh, a couple of years on Yamaha early '90s, but yeah. when yeah. you first started making it in '96, you switched to a Honda, which I don't remember. But that's yeah. what that was the Southwick model. I, I could have that's the Southwick year. Yeah. I I could have swore you were on a Suzuki. So goes to show you yeah. what I remember. So yeah, Russo, you got third on a Moto on a Honda, and you went back to Suzuki.
0: <laughs> I did. I know. I got a deal with uh, Manchester Honda that year out of Connecticut, and. Um and then you for,
1: the, they dropped you for Bradshaw in '97.
0: Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. No, I. Um, I mean that Honda 125 was pretty good. Yeah. Um, if I was to compare Suzuki to Honda, I would say they were they were pretty pretty damn close. I mean, if I mm-hmm. think the Honda was was better, I, I probably would have made made do what I had to do to stay with it. But I really think the Suzuki had a, a solid bike back then, and I had some good help. Uh, you know Steve Tassinary the one that does you know the yeah. big force reed cages and stuff man yeah. he him and and I had a mechanic Mark uh back then so I pretty much rode uh, you know out of Steve Tassinary you know Moto yeah, yeah. they would take my bike every week and they'd work on it and and you know so we had a really really good Suzukis back then um in the early 90s and stuff and then went to uh that Honda and 96 97, I think I just uh, end up going back to Suzuki and got to deal with that um, through the dealership and stuff. And, wow. and, um, and then I think I just went pro circuit, went pro circuit motors, you know, that, that year. Because Kastneri uh, yeah, yeah. was kind of phasing out a little bit because he was so busy with his V-Force. Dude, that V-Force,
1: and- that, that, that's a great
0: invention. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. We were pro we were testing prototypes of that like a really? couple years yeah, before. Yeah. yeah, we had like uh, he was making them out of like you know just billet aluminum. He was cutting the blocks and right, and then we we're testing different uh, reed reed pedal materials and you know different carbon fiber weaves and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Different, uh, so he did a lot of a lot of testing on that stuff. So I, they definitely worked.
1: I tell sure. everybody a two stroke. Put that thing in a two stroke. Any two stroke you have that that, yeah. that that was a legit mod. We ran them at Yamaha also. Uh, yeah. I, I ran them on yeah. every privateer's bike I think I ever worked on. Like, they were yeah. li- they're they really yeah. good.
2: So
0: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything they didn't work on, it seemed like, you know. It, I, r- throttle response, the yeah. mid-range that it gave, it was like I could feel like a, immediately like you could grab the next gear without having to fall off the pipe, you know what I mean? It, you know, it just it made that much of a difference, just gave it more grunt, and it, it didn't, you know. I, uh, good I good actually product, e- sure. i actually
1: emailed him or texted him to try to do a podcast with him he never replied i was like oh, oh yeah. really yeah so if you ever oh, if no you kidding. ever see him or talk to him tell him uh, i'm down i want to talk to because he worked for factory suzuki yeah. for a while as a mechanic and everything so yeah yeah for yeah. ron tishner yeah, yeah and yeah. Then,
0: yeah. then he ended up doing all our bikes in the early 90s he was doing my bike barton's bike treadwell's bike like we all yeah. got suzuki's and he was the guy that did all our motor work and Dude, Suzuki. Like,
1: everybody, like, I'm me being Canadian. Like in the mid '90s, everyone yeah. rode Suzuki's because they paid so much yeah. continuity. Like, like, right? and, and Valencourt switched, and Rollerball switched, and all yeah. these Canadian guys were on Suzuki's. It was amazing. But <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: hey, what uh, what about Ziggy? Do you remember Ziggy when he was a a, a mechanic or coming up? He worked for Larry Ward in like '89.
0: Was he around? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I, um. You know, he was a, a little bit older than me, so I think he he did some racing, you know, yeah. back in the day, like in the early days. And uh, I, never, I don't know if I've ever raced with him because he was like a couple years older than me. He was in the right. 80 class. I might have been in the 60 class. But, uh, I mean, I know Ziggy pretty well. He does some testing at my track and stuff, and you know, with Factory Connection. And yeah, yeah. I've had a, a long, uh, long relationship with those guys. I think they've been sponsoring me since... Oh, right around 1990, I think. So yeah, So that's yeah. 30 years. Right, jeez. Yeah, think <laughs> so,
2: about that, right?
0: I know. So they've been really solid with me. Those guys have been awesome. But, uh, yeah, Ziggy's a great guy. And, um, yeah, I do remember he was doing some yeah, uh, yeah factory Honda stuff, right, with right, uh, right. Larry Ward, you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, Larry Ward back in the day. Uh, yeah. How many Suzuki parts do you have in your garage? You have less than Barry Carsten, but how you must have a lot, Larry. Yeah. Say
0: um i i had some but it, they just keep getting phased out i'm actually riding honda 450s now are you but, okay uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was on suzuki's until 2014 that was yeah. the last year i rode them uh and uh i actually raced loretta lynn's that year you know it's like oh let me give it a shot yeah, yeah. and um and then uh, after that i ended up going with honda's after that suzuki kind of seemed to uh I don't know, stay a little stagnant, I I guess. You know, yeah. Everybody else is making changes and they kind of
1: No, um, I, know. I agree. It's know. It's, uh, it's brutal. So. They got they got to pull their stuff back together, you know. Everybody wants to see them. They've had so much success over the years, you know. You hope you can, yeah. you can figure it out for sure. So
0: But I'm I'm glad they went with 450s just because like I told you, I always had hard time on the 252 strokes. Yeah. It was like Yeah. I was so happy to get on a 450 cuz they felt like they were so much easier to ride. Really? Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I was just I just being smaller and stuff. I mean, I know four feet is kind of contradictory, but um, they just track. You know, compared to a 252 stroke, they track so much. You know, yep. they track well. They stick to the stick to the ground. I mean, the, you know, it's even though it's a heavier bike and stuff like that. Um, like I said, I always fought them 252 strokes a little bit. Never never felt like that. I had any that really worked. Mm-hmm. Awesome, you know, mm-hmm. like my 125s did. So all right, all right. it was a good. Uh, could change for me but um but yeah uh
1: well so. cool tony um thanks for the call man thanks for the uh walk down memory lane uh fantastic career yeah, won absolutely. a lot of races uh, locally and you got that podium yeah. at a national that's awesome
0: uh yeah man that was cool and yeah really. i think uh last time i was in front of the crowd was a couple couple years ago i raced the uh 125 all-star class um i think i got fifth there oh yeah wasn't my best, but I ended up buying a one twenty five this year too. So I may end up doing it again this this Southwick if they have it. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, that, that would be awesome, right? Um, I remember that. Uh, yeah, actually remember that coming out. We, because we were betting on, we were bench racing about you guys, and yeah, somebody was yeah. like, oh, LaRusso, dude, he's just he's so yeah. good on a one twenty five here.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, I let him down. I gotta I gotta be more prepared this year. That's uh, that'll all. be. I borrowed right. a buddy's bike like two weeks before, yeah, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't have. <laughs> i didn't have too much time to get ready but yeah uh but i don't know we'll see if i end up doing it i'll i'll, I'll give it what i got yeah you know, absolutely best, i guess
2: well
1: cool uh, man yeah no thanks for the time fly racing racer x podcast presented by maxis and Renthal. uh nice to catch up with you and uh, i'm sure i'll see you at the races at some point tony uh thanks for the time today and uh good luck with the right. track and everything man really appreciate it
0: awesome man thanks for calling
2: McCain, Bob
0: I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine.